Welcome to today's episode of The Square. Today we're going to be taking a look at the Amtech project in Amarillo, Texas. And joining me today is Lance Melton, who is the Senior Project Manager and VP in the Education Studio here in Dallas. Thanks for being here, Lance. Thank you very much for having me. Now, before we get in and talk specifically about the Amtech project, which I'm, I'm pretty excited to do and we'll talk about why in a minute, um, tell me a little bit about why you're an architect and how you kind of got to where you are. It's awesome. So whenever I was 14 in public school, took an art class, and the teacher made a comment like, hey, you're pretty good at this. You can draw a straight line. You can draw. <laughs> and then I was around somebody that was in construction and it kind of stuck. Yeah. And unlike any of my kids, you know, basically at 14 on, I knew I was going to be an architect. There was no wavering at all. That was what you None. wanted. High school, college, the whole way through. Not at all. And I saw you had to go to Texas Tech. I'm so sorry. I had to go to Texas Tech. <laughs> and the reason why is because I contacted architects all over the state of Texas and said, where are your best graduates coming from? And, and what was their answer? they lied to you. They told me Texas Tech. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So so tell me a little bit about, about the story behind um, – the Amtech project because we we actually got to help you a little bit with some of the very early on footage and we got to go walk through that building. It was originally was it originally a Sears and then a Hastings and a few, mm -hmm. served a couple of different purposes. It was the the building was abandoned for about twenty years before the school district picked it up, but um, it was a Sears that was constructed in the late fifties and then. Um, then Sears moved into the mall world like the rest of the world did. Yeah. And so they moved out of that building into a mall and it sat vacant for a while. And then Hastings, which is, uh, you know, they're like the blockbuster was, they took it over and they, it became their world headquarters. And they built uh, basically an equal amount of square footage as a big warehouse addition. So the original building was about 100,000 square feet of concrete and steel structure. Whereas the other addition, the additional 100,000 square feet, was a large, open, pre-engineered metal building. So so you had this huge kind of patched together space. <laughs> yes, just a really bad box. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot around it. I remember when we were out there filming it, it was, you know, Amarillo already is kind of spaced out a fair amount. There's mm -hmm. plenty of room. But there wasn't a ton around it, um, the big open parking lots and then just not a lot going on around, which right. would be important for later. That's right. So so then the school district picked it up. Did they already um, have an idea of what they wanted to do with it in terms of design? Or was it, hey, we just see a need and we think this may fill that need? Well, they picked it up for a bargain. Yeah. Okay. And then, then they had already explored with another local architect. Okay, about potential ideas for using it as a career academy. And it was just kind of rearranging the boxes within a box. And it really wasn't jazzing them up. Well, we had already worked with Canaan ISD, a neighbor of theirs, and did a small uh, career academy for them. And so they, the district contacted me and said, hey, we'd really like to use you guys to help us do this right. And so once once we took them on tours, showed them other ideas of what career academies could be, their vision just grew. Um, they, they really utilized this project as a platform to keep kids in Amarillo <clears throat> because the Panhandle had seen lots of kids go through the public school system but then 
get jobs or go to college elsewhere and then never come back to Amarillo. Yeah. So um, the businesses around that area were saying to the school districts, what can you do to help us keep our kids and our talent in our area of the state? Yeah. And so this was an opportunity to do that. And boy, did it grow. Now, let's take a half a step back. Explain a little bit the concept of a CTE, because these are this isn't college or post-grad work. These are high schoolers primarily, right? That's right. So explain the concept of that a little bit. So um, a lot of people that aren't familiar with public education nowadays would think of it as vocational training. Got it. Okay. Um, and for years, public education did a great job of that. And then the pendulum shifted in probably the late 70s, early 80s, and it went to preparing every student for college. Right. So it was either four-year baccalaureate or, or beyond. Right. And so the vocational trades took a back seat. Well, the state of Texas, in the, you know, just after the turn of the you know, 20th century, 21st century, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they realized that, hey, we're, we're really shortfalling everybody because the Texas Workforce Commission identified lots of jobs. Yeah. There were high-paying jobs that did not require a four-year baccalaureate. You know, maybe they'd have an associate's degree, but they could go right into the workforce and make great money. Right. So they has, passed a House Bill 5, okay, and that allowed school districts to get funding and partner with community colleges to provide pathways in career and technology education. So it's STEM, it's your ag mechanics, um, it's health sciences, so technology, yeah. audio, video, radio broadcast, you know, so many different pathways that kids can choose from that they can partner with local businesses and the businesses can support those programs. Kids can actually get jobs, and they do, out of this program. They go straight out of high school, high school yeah. and some of those kids are getting upper five-figure pay right out of high school. Wow. So... The districts kind of identified this is something that they wanted to do, that they wanted to do a, a, a CTE school. But even so, CTE schools kind of generically, because we've, we've seen several of them that Corgan's done, mm -hmm. are, are, you know, not anywhere near as big as what that building was. So what was the idea? I mean, that's exponentially bigger. It's probably, I don't know, 10 times bigger than I would imagine a normal CTE school is if there's such a thing that exists. So what was it? What was the idea behind doing it on that scale? It's because they have a, uh, they have five, technically five high schools within Amarillo ISD that each had CT programs. Mm -hmm. And part of their challenge was the specialty instructor for those programs. So one high school may have a good instructor and their programs may be growing, right. bursting at the seams. And other ones, they don't have very good. Not so, much. so they wanted to find a place to where they could bring each of the kids from each of their high schools to, and then they could take advantage of a specialized instructor to build those programs. Got it. And so that grew, that kind of dictated some of the size. And then some of it is like there's... 36 programs out of nine pathways that are in this school. Wow. And 30 of those programs did not exist before we started planning this project. Really? So they grew a lot. Yeah. So, um, and as I understand it, the principal was pretty passionate about this idea. The principal, his name's Jay Barrett. I encourage anybody to look him up. And if you could ever meet the guy, you will be forever changed because he is a, uh, 
he's a breath of fresh air. Um, kids that come into his presence, man, their eyes are open to yeah. all kinds of possibilities, and so are adults. Um, he's also a regent at Amarillo College. Oh, okay. Uh, and so he actually brought a bunch of partners and stakeholders to the table, uh, as well as the superintendent of the schools, Doug Loomis. Um, we reached out to every local business, Texas Workforce Commission, of course, Amarillo College, uh, West Texas A&M University, invited all of them to the table, and they all brought ideas. And so it started with listening to those people that wanted and challenged the school district to keep the labor yeah. local. You mentioned that the scope and the, the, the number of programs kind of grew even as you were in the design phase. Mm -hmm. So with this project compared to maybe how you had done some other CTE projects on the smaller scale, how did you approach the design? Did you get teacher input? Like, how did you balance all of that? Yeah, we, I mean, we started with the community input, and then the staff we followed up later. But really, it was meeting with stakeholders and their expertise that started to influence what programs were in the building and how those programs grew. Mm. Uh, one, it was the district trying to figure out, how can I respond to this local business request? So, for instance, advertising and business marketing Okay, those two programs, the district really didn't have anything. They had some little green rooms and shops at their high schools, sure. but they didn't really have it on a scale. So they brought in the TV studio, the local TV studio, and they became a partner to help influence what that would be. And they have a full-fledged studio within Amtech. That's awesome. Now, granted, that program grew, and then they still need the, the leader of that program. Uh, vet tech is another one in health science. They already had some programs within their current career academy structure that nurtured those. But when visiting with the staff, we learned, well, they're limited because of their facilities. Yeah. Not because of their knowledge or their curriculum, but because of what facilities could be provided. So the space that they originally started with in the program grew to probably three times the amount of space. Wow. What are some of the other programs that were there? Because I, I know there was obviously auto, um, auto, tech. auto tech is a big part of that. What else? Auto tech, auto body, um, architecture, uh, mechanical, electrical engineering, machining, which they didn't really have a machining program. And wow, that thing is impressive. Really? Yeah, there's $10 million worth of equipment just between machining, auto body, and construction trade. Holy. It's just equipment. It's I, crazy. I, I've seen, we'll show some of the pictures because I've, I've seen, I haven't been up back up there. I've driven past it on the highway, mm -hmm. but I haven't been back up there since uh, it was completed. But the pictures, I mean, it's not, they look like any as high a end professional trade school as anywhere you would find. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is all for high schoolers. Exactly. Um, so I'm, I, it was, it was really impressive to see the equipment and the gear or the, was that, again, you said that there were some outside partners like the television studio for the advertising side of it. Um, how did the teacher's role play into that? So I'll use culinary as an example. <clears throat> so they had intro to culinary classes, right? We toured them through some of our other, uh, CT facilities in the state. And we got their culinary teacher to 
help us understand what the vision would be. And we involved our food service design professionals consultant, Mm -hmm. and they helped take virtual tours for that staff to see. These are some of the successes of programs elsewhere in the state, whether we did them or not. And that thing grew so much that the, the North Texas Restaurant Association also came in because that culinary instructor was connected to them. Oh, wow. And then they started saying, well, these are the type of kitchens that we need to train our kids for. So whether it's a barista, okay, or they're a prep, or they're a chef back a house, all aspects of service. And then they said, we want to actually teach them full service on hospitality. So now we need a banquet hall. We need a serving (laughs) kitchen. So if anybody's ever been to Buca de Peppo to where you actually have a booth and you're eating in the kitchen, we have one of those at Amtec. Wow. I mean, they wanted all of it. So it started out from one multi-purpose culinary regular teaching classroom into literally four separate teaching kitchens. Is there um, a part of the design that was especially challenging? Was there a a program or a track that was just one that required a lot more thought given the building and building and whatnot? Uh, I mean, dental tech was pretty tough uh, working with local dentists and they're, you know, have you ever met a poor dentist? Never <laughs> met a poor dentist. So they don't think in the budget line, <laughs> line of thinking that we have to think in. I got it. <clears throat> that was a little bit of a challenge, but we managed to find a happy medium. Um, any CTE, it's kind of like healthcare probably is and frankly data centers and aviation where equipment is a dominant coordination tactic that if you don't pay attention to it it'll eat your lunch yeah and well whenever you think of that now imagine you're designing the building on a fast track schedule and your equipment is constantly changing because someone's bringing (laughs) something new to the table a bunch of different kinds of equipment (laughs) yeah and so that was almost every pathway in the building so we were designing the spaces, and frankly, because the building footprint gave us a larger footprint to start with, sure. we oversized the spaces thinking we were oversizing them right. to accommodate versatility for the equipment as it came along. Yeah. So really, that was the major component. Some of the existing structure, that gave us a challenge too, but not as complicated as the equipment. Was there a particular design element that you championed or that you kind of saw as something that you wanted in this project? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Whenever Doug Loomis, superintendent, was really the champion saying, hey, this is what I see. Yeah. And we started developing the program so far. He said, man, I really want learning on display. He's like, I, I don't want this to be something that's inside a building and no one sees. I want to celebrate this out <clears throat> so that we can become – an advertising mechanism for the youth of Amarillo. Yeah. And so next thing you know, we're designing entry plazas around this simple box. And then what happened? We went ahead and said, well, would you like a big video board? <laughs> <clears throat> and he said, what do you mean? I said, well, just think AT&T Stadium, but maybe on a little smaller scale. Let us do some mock-ups of what it could look like. Yeah. And then that way, no matter whether they're coming to the campus from the south side or they're driving down the main Plains Boulevard on the north, they could see learning on display as they're driving by. Yeah. And they could get a glimpse, no matter when, of what's going on inside the building. And then 
you guys helped us actually put together a drone video, yeah. fly around and create the rendering and generate that. And they fell in love with it. And even though budget-wise it was a chunk, yeah, everybody in that school district side said, we're going to find the money and made it happen. So that idea of the experience and the impact of what was happening inside the building, making its way outside the building, as I understand it, it's had an influence just on the area around where Amtec is as well. It, yeah. Since since the design has been completed, there's been coffee shops and other things that have kind of popped up. That's right. So on the on the same site uh, is there was an art studio and it's called Sunset Center. Okay, Sunset Plaza, and they started doing a demo project to a a site that shares the same development. <clears throat> And parking lot, but they actually modified their design because of what we were doing. Really? And so we even modified, coordinated with their design team and their owner and modified to where the parking lots would link and then they're going to provide sculpture courts. Wow. So they have steel fabricated sculptures that they're going to be developing and then put it in basically the the crossway between the two projects to where you really can't see a divider right and link the two even though there's two completely separate owners right now it's a destination there's for a the whole community aspect to it. whole Absolutely. community and they and then Amarillo College actually bought a an old JC Penney's that was on the same site and they put their fire, fire training academy there so cool. it and like you say coffee shop there's even a bingo hall <laughs> so you name it we got it covered on the same property that's awesome i love to see that that's you know it's i, I would imagine it's it's something that is um less likely to happen than more that you know projects with completely different owners and and whatnot um come together for something to, to coordinate for something that's really just to benefit the community there's no mm -hmm. real roi for them other than that right right um so that's awesome so what about the um, the success of the project as it's been completed? So this was completed when? One half of it was completed in uh, fall of 21, which you can imagine that means design was being done in the middle of COVID. Yeah. And we started construction in COVID. So even with that, I mean, the local market was invested. Yeah. All the subcontractors were invested. And... Uh, it's amazing what was accomplished. So first half in 21, and then the rest of it was finished in uh, late 22. And so we're now, let's see, I guess is, this is the second class that would be going through, mm -hmm. is that right? Mm -hmm. um, but this, this project, for being in Amarillo, which, you know, a lot of people have heard the name Amarillo, but it's not a, you know, huge metroplex or right. anything. Right. But it's gotten a fair amount of national attention. It has. I mean, some of that has to do with us and what we've done in the project and, frankly, our marketing of it. Yeah. Uh, we've been – we've gotten several speaking sessions with whether uh, it's Tassa Tasby, the school administrators and school board conference. We managed to get speaking sessions there. We've taken it on the road and had some other national exposure there. Uh, but Jay Barrett, the principal of the school, is also giving tours for people that are coming through town because it's just words gotten out. Yeah. And they've had over, I think in the first year and a half, they had over 3,000 outside folks tour wow. 
the facility. Uh, people as far away as Japan You're have kidding. come and toured it. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, as a matter of fact, Toyota, you know, we have a relationship with Toyota. Sure. So Toyota comes and tours it uh, because of a local um, uh, auto sh- dealership there that's partnered with the school they come and tour they were so impressed that they donated like three cars and like 10 engines and all kind of stuff for the kids to work on wow that's so in in the tours continue they actually the school districts had to figure create a position just as a tour coordinator because he's getting they're getting so much because they're getting so much attention Well, that's awesome. Lance, it's incredible to see a project that has so much impact on the community. Thank you so much for sharing with us and kind of giving us the inside track on it. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to learn more about the Amtech project, make sure to check out Corgan's website and stay tuned for the next episode.